Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Gaming Podcast. We have amazing news because this is something that I've been, I'm not even doing my full intro right now because I just want to get into this. I've been so, I've been waiting for this news for a while. We kind of talked about it a little while back. Uh, we had a lot of predictions of when this was going to happen and when this would come out. But we finally have a release date for God of War Ragnarok, the second slash final game in the new re reboot God of War trilogy saga. Actually, it's not a trilogy because it's only two games, but you get what I'm saying. But we finally know when this game is going to come out and it's going to be out November 9th, 2022, which is just awesome. I think that's a perfect time for the game to come out. There's not a lot of games coming out around that time. The other big game that was supposed to be out around that time was Starfield. So, you know, like now we have God of War taken up just a couple of days before that initial release date. And I'm just so excited for this. I am waiting. I've been waiting for this game for a while. The God of War series from, from before the, the one that came out on PS2 uh, and then PS3, the original series was always, it was always a series that really like talked to me. I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people didn't, a lot of people didn't really like Kratos as a character. A lot of people didn't understand that motivation and all that. And for me, I don't know why, but I always very much connected with, with the whole story. You know, obviously Kratos was just a super angry demigod, uh, was looking to kill all the gods because of what happened to him in God of War one, uh, where Ares in some sense, I think tricks him to, to kill his family. And, and, you know, everything that kind of led up from that point to God of War three and his confrontation with Zeus and all that stuff. It was just such an awesome story. And, and, you know, I looked at Kratos and I understood, you know, those motivations of him kind of going on this revenge path, but at the same time, also understanding that this was a video game, right? A lot of people kind of sometimes forget to look at these games and characters as, as, as a video game, as a, as a experience to not only enjoy on the story aspect, but also to enjoy playing and the, the gameplay and everything, the action, you know, just being action packed and being so gory and bloody was kind of new at that time, uh, especially with this game was, was just simply amazing. And obviously God of War Ascension came out, which was a prequel, which was fun, which was great. It came out on the PS3 and they also had a online multiplayer component that I didn't really check out, but that kind of was where things just kind of got left off, right? We, we just kind of moved away from God of War. Uh, Ascension didn't sell as well. As I should have, I actually still have my God of War Ascension Collector's Edition, the the box, and also the the Kratos statue that came with it. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about Collector's Edition very very soon. But I really enjoyed that game still. But I totally understand that you know it was not a it was not a game that spoke to a lot of people, and it wasn't really a game that kind of enhanced the overall story. It added something new to it, but it was not really doing something revolutionary. With, with that lore and with that world. And obviously then we kind of go fast forward to God of War 2018, where we kind of, you know, get this new God of War, but obviously with the same Kratos, but in a new mythos somehow with a, with a son, with a story that is simply one of the best. So not even just, you know, a cool story and whatnot. It is, in my opinion, the best story, the best video game I have ever played. It is my favorite video game of all time. And, you know, you, we could have left it with that, but they obviously left a few threads loose. And at the end, of course, you know, like they kind of have that 
they, they kind of put it in there that uh, you know there will be a new god of war and and obviously with what we're seeing with ragnarok it's all coming true so i've been really excited for this game i've been waiting for such a long time i'm just so happy that we have a release date and that this game is coming out this year so we can obviously talk about one of the other things that kind of got announced around the same time which was that the pre-orders for this game will go live on july 15th now most cases that does not matter right but in this case because it is a very popular game and it also has a collector's edition that looks quite legendary in my opinion because it literally has a mjolnir uh replica which is obviously people don't know is the is thor's hammer so the fact that they even have that you know in a collector's edition box first of all like that's just simply amazing i think a lot of people will want this which is probably why it's gonna be you know they have a specific date and time set for when this goes live but still i other than that right a collector's edition has a cool cool mjolnir has has a bunch of cool other stuff alongside of it um overall just has a really cool packaging and all that too that's fine the one thing that you know has kind of i don't know i might have brought this up at some point but the one thing that is really 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 getting on people's nerves is when you pay 300 for i'm, pay, I'm assuming this is probably going to be 300 dollars. so in canada it's going to be even higher but 300 400 for a collector's edition and you even get a steel case, which is really cool. So like you get a steel book display case, so you can put your disc in there, but they give you a digital version of the game. Now I am like, I, I look, I, I, in some cases, I understand this. In some cases I get it. It's like they, maybe they have, a, a they, maybe the way they're uh, pushing these collector edition out is that these collector edition will be out a week before the game releases. So they don't want anyone to get the game disc in hand. Even in that case, it's like, okay, then if someone is paying you three or $400, then you can kind of tell them, hey, in this box, you'll get everything ex except the Steelbook, uh, Steelbook game, but you'll get the Steelbook game as a separate order a week from now or when the game is actually out. There's ways they can do it. When you're paying that much, they should be able to do that, right? But the other, other thing that I don't understand with this is, they give you a steelbook display case, but with no game inside. So it's like, you give me a steelbook display case for the digital code, but there's no disc case. Like why, then what is the point of this? What do I do? Do you want me to go out and buy another copy of God of War Ragnarok to put it inside this one? Like, I'm just trying to understand the manufacturing, like who, what business suit came up with this idea? Who was sitting there being like, yeah, you know what? We'll give them a steel case. So this way they'll be, it's, it's like, it's all, if, if they didn't put the steelbook case, I would be like, okay, you know what? They, they just keep saying that, Hey, this is, you just get a digital game. That's it. Right. But in this case, they're like, Hey, we'll give them a steelbook display case. Right. But they get the game digitally but because they have the steelbook display case. They will want to get the actual disc to put it inside because they've already spent this much. So they might as well spend a little bit more. Right. That's the thought process. I'm assuming they had, they're like, yep. High fives, high fives, high fives. Yeah, we got it. We got, we got $80, $70 more from all these people. That's why I don't understand. It's like, what was the thought process? This has already been happening with PlayStation. I think they did the same thing with Horizon. So this is not something new. I know this is some, this is not, this is new ish, I guess, because it's happening with God of War. I think that's why it's getting a lot more, uh, people kind of talking about it, people involved because it's God of War. So I think people are a little bit annoyed and frustrated and rightfully so, like I said, like, I'm not completely sure as to why 
they can't either just add the disc or find a way to give you the game in the with the disc game separately but you know again like i i obviously don't work on the manufacturing side um i just work on the giving money to the the the, the developers or the studios or the publisher side of things so we're the ones that give them all this money uh, but then we, we kind of, we, we kind of get treated like this sometimes, which is unfortunate, right? Like I said, giving, if you're buying just like a regular game, that's fine. But if you're spending like three, $400 on a collective edition, it's like, okay, like, I mean, just give me the, the game or like something, you know, like ha find a way to kind of make this work. But uh, the other, otherwise, otherwise moving away from the whole collective edition talk, which I think hopefully Sony is listening to, and maybe at least in the future, they'll, they'll improve. The collective edition does look Awesome. I think they have a collector edition and the Jotnar edition. Both of them have the hammer. I think the Jotnar edition obviously just has a couple of more things uh, like vinyl soundtrack, stuff like that. I, I love the idea of having a vinyl soundtrack, but because I don't have like a vinyl record player, it's kind of like, where do I keep this? I live in, a, in an apartment in Toronto. It's not like easy to kind of have stuff just lying around. So, you know, don't really understand the point of those, but I'm, I know there's a big crowd. There's a lot of people that love uh, vinyl soundtracks and vinyl records in general. The other thing I kind of wanted to talk about was now that we know, now that we know what the gaming landscape is for PlayStation for this year, what does this mean for 2023? Because so far, 2022 was in a way pretty good for PlayStation. We had Horizon Forbidden West. We had Gran Turismo 7. Uh, let's not count Sifu because uh, that's, I, I'm, I'm assuming that'll be out on Xbox soonish, uh, if not in a year or so. Um, but it's also because it's like a double A game. It's not like a triple A game, even though it's one of my favorite games of the year. Um, we can kind of count Ghostwire Tokyo, although it also is going to be out on Xbox next year, but Ghostwire Tokyo as well. And then we have Last of Us Part 1 and now God of War Ragnarok. So we have basically these five games, five big exclusive games on PlayStation, like triple A exclusive games on PlayStation coming this year. I don't even, I don't even want to count Last of Us Part 1 because you already know my feelings about that. But what does this mean for next year, right? It usually, up to this point, we had a good idea of what was coming for PlayStation. We knew that God of War was coming out initially last year and then this year. Uh, we also knew about Horizon Forbidden West initially last year, but now this year. We also knew about Gran Turismo 7. Uh, we knew about Returnal and Ratchet and Clank, which was last year. And obviously before that, Spider-Man, Miles Morales and all that, right? We knew about all these games. But now, looking in the future, we only know about two big games from the Sony side, which is Spider-Man 2, which is going to be huge, which, uh, again, supposedly is coming out next year. I don't know if that's true or not, but next year, maybe, hopefully. And the other one is Wolverine that never didn't have any release date. So we can it's safe to assume that's not going to be next year. It's going to be like, 2024 or 2025. So this is kind of getting into the territory in PlayStation or in PS5 that we haven't been in for a while, at least to my knowledge, where we aren't aware of what is going to come out in the next year or so, right? They haven't done like this 12 month kind of recap or, or information put together that Xbox did of what's going to come or happen in, in the next 12 months. They haven't done this yet. Obviously, I'm 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 saying this right now in July, and you know Sony might just do this next week or like an, a month from now, where they'll have like a whole showcase where they kind of go over this. But right now, we don't know what's coming next year. So initially, there was this you know feeling that maybe God of War will get pushed to next year, and this year will still be pretty huge for PlayStation, right? I mean, just compare 
compare this to Xbox, who had an amazing year last year with Halo and Forza literally coming out back to back, right? And then, and also Age of Empires 4. Was that last year? I think that was last year. But uh, Age of Empires 4 as well, I think that was last year, the year before, but whatever, right? Age of Empires 4 also kind of came out. But like, after an amazing year like last year, even Xbox didn't really have much this year, right? Uh, we can put aside the third party Game Pass exclusive, not an exclusive because it's just on Game Pass, but it's available elsewhere. Other than kind of getting those, right? There hasn't been this big Microsoft, obviously there was supposed to be Starfield and Redfall, but throughout this year, we don't have any of that. We don't have any other game that's coming out that is made by Xbox and stuff, right? On the PlayStation side, we've, we've had Gran Turismo 7, Horizon, and I, let's not count Last of Us, and God of War, right? Like just go with D3 games. And the fact that even just three games is kind of ahead, then Xbox is is obviously unfortunate because when you look at Nintendo, they're just kind of releasing, you know, Pokemon, Kirby, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming out this, this month, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, Mario Strikers, Splatoon 3 is going to come out. I think it's like a bunch of stuff, but like this is what Nintendo is doing, right? This is what Nintendo is doing, but like when you, and which is like, like simply amazing. I feel like that should still be a console that's at everyone's like top of their list. Um, any anyone that's looking for a console right now should definitely jump into a Nintendo Nintendo Switch console first. But like you know, when you compare this and compare it to Xbox, PlayStation was a little ahead, but but now with the with God of War being confirmed for this year, it is kind of putting us in this, in the spot of will this be one of those years where we just get nothing? We've had that in in, in the in on, on the PS4 side a couple of times where we didn't really get any big games, right? Is this going to be what Xbox went to this year? Is that what PlayStation is going to go to next year, right? And I'm, I'm we're going with the thought that Spider-Man 2 might get delayed. And it might not get delayed, right? But it's just, as we've seen with so many games on the PlayStation side and on, in general, just any, any developer, any studio side, we've seen so many games get delayed that it does put a sense of worry, right? And I'm not, I'm not really thinking about games like Forspoken or Final Fantasy VI, 16, not six, but both of them are coming out on PlayStation next year. Um, also, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, I think Rebirth is coming out next year. And I think that's also PS5 exclusive and then it goes to PC most likely. I don't know the whole deal with them, but that's kind of what they're kind of doing there. And they still have those kinds of games, but I'm talking about games being made by Sony, right? We still don't know what Bend Studio is is doing right now, right? Or is it San Diego? But Bend Studio, the the team that made Days Gone, we still don't have their new game yet. We obviously know Sucker Punch was working on Ghost Tsushima two, or they finished Ghost Ghost Tsushima. We don't know what the next game is. At least they haven't announced it. We 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 don't know if that's coming out next year, and it very well might. We don't know, right? There's just so many unknowns now. Now that we know God of War Ragnarok is coming out this year. So for me, I'm just kind of like, at this point, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. And I was like, excited, but now I'm like, okay, wow. Like now next year is going to be a hit or a miss. Like it, it can either be, we just get Spider-Man 2, which is still awesome. We just get Spider-Man 2. But then when you compare it to Xbox and, and, you know, other uh, Nintendo as well, who are Xbox will be releasing Starfield, Redfall, maybe more games on top of that, you know, Forza as well. Then you have Nintendo with most likely Breath of the Wild 2 and who knows what other games. When they're releasing this and then Sony is like, oh, we got Spider-Man 2, which is one of their, I think it, I think it is their best-selling game of all time. 
up, you know, but they just come out just with one game like that. It, it it's still awesome. You know, it's still such an awesome experience to kind of have that, but it's kind of like, okay, but let's, you know, we do need to like, if I'm comparing Xbox to PlayStation right now, when PlayStation had like three games and Xbox doesn't have any, and then compared to last year as well, if I'm comparing the two, I have to do the same for next year. And next year at that point of time, as amazing as Spider-Man 2 will be, it's still a very empty year for PlayStation. So with God of War coming out this year, what is PlayStation going to do? What is Sony going to do to beef up that that lineup, add some new games? Uh, you know, again, third party aside, because I know they do a lot of third party deals and all, but I want Ghost of Tsushima 2 if possible. I don't I don't think it's possible this quickly because it's only, it's, yeah, it's been like two years or so. That's that's not possible. Maybe Last of Us Faction finally comes out next year, or maybe the new Naughty Dog game gets announced and released. I don't think they'll release it this quickly. But see, that's like the issue. Like whenever I look at all these studios on the PlayStation side, it's kind of like okay, no, like they everyone's kind of put out their game. Now everyone needs everyone's gonna get that break, right? Everyone's gonna get that five six year time to kind of build a new game or build the next next part of that game which they obviously deserve because look at the games that they come out with, right? But it's like, okay, now that that's happening, is this is this what we're going to have what's going to happen next year that we had in the 20 in the in the PS4 generation where we did have those couple of years or a year or so where it was basically empty because, you know, the teams were ramping up, the teams were getting ready to re- release these amazing games. So that was just kind of the thing that popped up in my brain and something that wasn't really being talked about. I honestly don't know if this is like I said, it could be we can roll around to August and a new Motorstorm might get announced or a new Sly Cooper. Like I would actually love that Motorstorm Sly Cooper. Uh, like what year are we? What what generation are we? And that'd be awesome. But who knows what will happen? I'm I'm pretty confident that Sony and PlayStation are also aware of this. They also know that yeah, like all these games that we kind of built the PS5 up on, which you know include games like God of War, Gran Turismo. Horizon, Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man, all these games are basically out. So we need to show people why they should buy a PS5 past those points, right? Once Spider-Man 2 comes out, the only other game left is Wolverine. But again, like, you know, I'm sure like, no, no, at this, in this day and age, so many consumers, especially gamers are so knowledgeable, are, are honestly so intelligent and smart where a lot of us do kind of do our research. There's so many options to do our research from like YouTube uh, articles, websites, this, that podcasts, you know, there's so many different ways to kind of get all this information that I do feel a lot of people will be buying these consoles, having done a bunch of research into what type of games and everything that are available. Right. And obviously for someone new coming in, there's so many games for them to play, but similarly how Elden Ring was a game that convinced my sister, to pick up a PS5, right? We have to kind of look at like, okay, once Spider-Man 2 is out, once Wolverine is out or is about to come out, what's that next game that we can plaster on every wall possible to get people that might not really care about a PS5 to say, hmm, you know what? I might want to get a PS5. We They need that next game. They need that next game to kind of get people over. Not only new people who don't maybe have a console or just new gamers in general, but they also need to look at Hey, these people that are only playing on Xbox, how do we get them across? Hey, these people who are only on Nintendo, how do we get them to PS5? Hey, these people who are only on PC and just got a Steam Deck, okay, that's fine. We're releasing games on PC a year from now, but how do we convince them to buy a PS5 
so that they can play that game right now. I think that's like that's where they need to kind of bolster up their lineup for next year. You know, and again, it's Sony. Sony has been doing a great job with this, which is why Sony is known for Sony. And as much as people would like to meme and make fun of PlayStation and Sony about this, the third person action game. Also, oh yeah, Sony always has the same third person action game thing with the story, with the with the brooding character, this and that. Say all, say that, or say talk about all that all you want and whatnot, make fun of it. At the end of the day, those games sell, and those games convince people to pick up a PS Five, right? It's, it's, for me, it's the main thing is do what you're best at, you know? So if they're good at this, if they're good at creating these third person open world action RPG games, then go for it. Keep doing that because people will keep buying it. As long as you're telling us a cool story, giving us some awesome gameplay, people will keep coming back. And that's what's happening. So I think the main thing is that they just need to come out with new games, new ideas. Obviously, I don't want them to just focus on third person action, right? Like, come on, like bring a new resistance. You know, I know there's a game called Haze or something like that. Bring that game back somehow. I don't know. Just try something. Bring a new kill zone out. Just try new things. Try, you know, but just put put that whole Sony PlayStation layer of love on all, all over it. And and just kind of put these games out and, and let us know what to expect for the next couple of years or next three years or so. It doesn't need to be for the next five, seven years or whatever. Just let us know. Hey, by the way, 2023, we got Spider-Man 2. We got this, we got that, we got a new Motorstorm. I don't know why I keep saying Motorstorm. I really want that game, it seems. But, you know, just give us an idea of what we could expect and all of us will show up. All of us will be really excited to jump on a new PlayStation game and have a, have an awesome time. Without, I'll quickly talk about some of the games that I have been playing. Um, I have been playing Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. I kind of mentioned that a while back. Basically, it's, uh, the people that made the console, which is a Telltale-esque, point-and-click adventure game, sort of. Um, not, not really point-and-click, but you get what I'm saying. You move you move the character and all that, but it's very all about, you know, decisions and everything like that, and if decisions don't go your way, things can happen to your character, the certain characters, and the story can change. But I, I initially, when I jumped into this game, I was really fascinated by the look of the game. The the overall lore of, of, of Vampire the Masquerade always seemed quite fascinating to me. Uh, but it over it's weird because... As the game progressed, I felt the game kept getting kept getting worse and worse, and the game mechanics kept getting worse and worse. Initially, they kind of allow you to explore this awesome space where you get to like kind of learn more about the characters, talk to people, um, explore the area, get more information about the lore. Um, I still don't agree with games that focus so much on you having to read just books and books and books to get the lore. It's like okay, you could do that to get a full understanding, but they should still kind of give you the right details and the right information alongside of it, just through the gameplay, uh, which this game wasn't really doing. But initially, you know, obviously it was, it was awesome to kind of explore those areas and all that. But as the game game kind of get, get we kept progressing in the game, the, the gameplay mechanics, you could kind of see where the, where the downfall lies with this game is just the way it plays, lots of glitches, lots of bugs, um, Characters not really like it's not like you can I, I don't really care about you know facial animations and everything like that like perf being perfect and whatnot but in this game you know like certain characters certain dialogues that they give out don't really match the character's face and what they're saying and I'm just like okay like I I would it would be more impactful if that made if that, if that was aligned a bit better with the dialogue but whatever right you can kind of look past that but as we kind of progress with the game um, the the story. Kind of fell off for me where 
it gives you this idea of like you have these cool decisions to make and everything like that. But in the end of the day, those decisions, at least until the end, at, towards the end, when you kind of get towards the full end of the game, a lot of those decisions don't really matter too much or don't really do too much, at least from what I've seen. Um, even so, even if it did something, it's not like I cared. That was the main thing. Like I had options to like do either this or that, and I did not care. I did not care about choosing either or because I did not care about the characters. I did not care about the world anymore. Uh, there was some. There was a very horrible, a horrible like gameplay part uh, in, in the game towards the end of the game, where uh, I, I obviously I'll try not to spoil it just because the game has it did just come out a little while back. But basically, it was like a sneaking mission. It was like a mission you gotta sneak past something, and this something was extremely annoying. Um, I streamed it as well, so if you don't mind spoilers, you can go check it out. But it was just terrible. It was just the worst sneaking mission I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I just did not want to play this game anymore, but I pushed myself because I was so close to the end that I kept going. But I finally pushed myself to finish the game and, and you know, I, I've come out of it 18 hours of my time lost and no better in any way in terms of my gaming experience and whatnot. I just, I did, just did not enjoy this game. I really enjoyed the first game, The Council. But this game is is definitely and the review said the same thing and I, did, I I chose not to listen. I chose not to listen to the review because I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna make my own decision about this game. I really enjoyed the council, which similarly didn't get the the best reviews. So I'm like, that's fine. I'm gonna check this out. And you know, now I'm like, yeah, I should have listened to the reviews. I should not have spent the money I did on this game because it is way overpriced for what it is. It is also way too long for what it is. 18 hours. 18 hours for this type of game. Like I was I, and that's also me towards the end rushing to finish the game because I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. I just want to finish this game now. So yeah, Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, definitely not a game that I can recommend. Um, I think if it's if it's a game that's on Game Pass or something, maybe you can check it out. But even then, I don't I don't think a lot of people will enjoy this. Like, like I said, you'll enjoy it initially because they do kind of put you in there and set up everything in a really cool way. But as the game progresses, you'll just kind of get more and more annoyed and just kind of sick of the storylines and everything like that and just want to just want to finish the game at that point. The other big game that I've been playing that I kind of mentioned before is is Cyberpunk 2077. Um I think I'm like 17 or 18 hours into that game, so I'm pretty far in. Uh I know that I'm getting close to the end just because I quickly went online just to see, you know, how long it takes and also like in terms of where I am in chapters. Um so I'm I this is usually the time when I start slowing things down and start doing a lot of the side missions and everything like that. I don't want to do every side mission there's a couple of ones that I want to do because the side missions tied to certain characters, which is which is really awesome. But overall, amazing game. I am so happy that I decided to jump into Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and I'm also happy that all you know all the issues that the game had or most of it have been fixed. Um, one of the main things, main concerns that I had were a lot of people were saying that yeah, like put aside the issues with the bugs and whatnot and this and that. The game, it, the game isn't good. Like that was kind of what I was reading and I was worried about that because I'm like, okay, like does that, you know, is it just not living up to the Witcher standard, which is really high? Is it just not a good RPG? But me having played it on my own, I can literally say that no, like it is, it is Witcher level in terms of, sto in terms of story. Um, the, the characters are awesome. The world is awesome. There's just so much to do and see. And I am really enjoying this game. This would definitely been been like one of my favorite games in, in 2020, if I had played it at that time. And if it was like this, I probably should have bought it on PC, you know, it would have been fine at that point, but this game has been amazing. I'm really enjoying it. 
I was just thinking about it right now that because like I've only I've probably put in like twelve hours or thirteen hours into Elden Ring, and the fact that I've spent more time in Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song than Elden Ring, like what the hell? Like I need to I need to I need to get my priority state. But like once I'm done with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, the next thing is definitely go back to to Elden Ring and and start focusing on that game because yeah, I'm I'm loving that. Oh, the other game that I've been playing a lot of is F F one twenty twenty two. Uh, for anyone that's into Formula One racing, this is like the yearly game that's released by Codemasters now EA uh but yeah like it's just F1 2021 but 2022 and just add a, an extra layer of coat to the paint but and and it also has VR which is awesome I've tried the VR once it wasn't the best uh but I think I need to just fix or, or mess around with the settings here and there overall just really enjoying it um I know a lot of people make fun of this game especially sim racers make fun of this game for being too arcadey but I've been kind of going back and forth between iRacing and this and trying some of the tracks out. Like obviously iRacing and, and some of these other uh, more sim racing focused games are obviously more, you know, simulation based. But F1 2022 isn't bad. Like it's still like, I'm you know, I still feel the same excitement. Um, I still have to kind of break accordingly or, or turn accordingly or learn the maps or the tracks accordingly. So it's not like, you know, fully arcadey like that. But I can see how, you know, obviously if you're using a controller, it might be different. And me with, with a wheel, I, I maybe mean, that's why I'm having a different experience. But really enjoying F1 2022. I'm probably going to do like a whole career mode and everything like that. So I'm going to keep playing that. But we can leave it there. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining. Really means a lot. Um, please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. I know I didn't mention any of this earlier on, but all my, my social media, all that stuff is in, will be in the description below. And yeah, I will be back next time. I'm going to try to do something with Trevor where we talk about our, our 10 favorite games of the year so far that are not Elden Ring. I think that'll be a good one to do. So hopefully that should be coming out very soon. Thanks so much, everyone. And I'll see you next time. Bye.